is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Hi everyone. For those that don't know me, my name is John and I'm part of the leadership team here in Derby. But I'm speaking to you today from Burton-on-Trent, where I now live and where we are establishing a new congregation. Thank you so much for those that fed back on the last occasion I did an online preach, especially to those who noted how my wife Julie had staged the background to make your viewing experience just that little bit more interesting. Backgrounds are fascinating, aren't they? I don't know about you, but because so many people are currently interviewed for TV in their homes, I find myself riveted on what they might be keeping on their bedside cabinets or what books they might have in their bookcases. I look for Bibles or maybe a Where's Wally book. It gives you some insight into the person's character. And I'm sure I can't be the only one that does that, or can I? So just before I start and following on from my last online broadcast from our kitchen, I've had an email which I'd just like to reply to. It's from a lady called Naomi in Chelliston, Derby. Oh, that's just up the road here. Naomi writes, Dear John, that's me, can you clear up an argument that myself and my husband are having? I'm always happy to clear up disagreements, Naomi. Naomi asks, are they Emma Bridgewater mugs I can see in your kitchen? Well, how perceptive. Indeed, they are, Naomi, but they're all seconds. Some of them haven't got any bottoms and most of them haven't got any handles. However, here's the best mug in the house. So, on to today's talk, which I've entitled, Are We Currently a Church of the Word and the Spirit? And over the next 15 minutes or so, you will realise that this is not so much a three-point preach, but moreover some observations, exhortations, and provocations. And please forgive me as I think I might be going to pose some questions that we haven't got all the answers to as yet. So where do I start? Well, one thing is for certain, we've all had to learn a different way to do church at present. And in most respect, church has come to us in our homes through the medium of this and other online programmes. And it's become the new normal. And for the time it's here, we should heartily embrace it. And I want to give thanks to those who have pioneered this new approach and who deliver such a quality piece of work week after week. The Greens, all of them, the Ashes and Graham. But there are others, the musicians, those who host from various locations, those who do the challenges, those who preach, those that bring updates on our children's work. Thank you so much for helping to keep our church family together at this time. May God richly bless you all. So it might be that you've settled well into this new way of doing church on Sundays and that you haven't missed certain aspects of being at Quad or in Burton's case, being at Tower View School. Here are just a few things that you may not have missed. How about you haven't missed rushing out after the service in Quad to queue up for a cup of Jubilee's famous tepid coffee. Please someone do something about that when we return. 
Maybe you haven't missed putting the banners out in the wind and rain in Burton. Maybe you haven't missed the struggle of getting all the family to one place, fully dressed and at the right time, only to discover you've left one of those little darlings at home. But during these last few months, there have been many innovations. I've loved seeing the creative side of our churches. We've spurred one another on towards love and good deeds. It's great to see the young people's involvement through comments they make with their friends during the online chat and with them taking part in the recordings for our Sunday meetings. It's almost like we've given them a vehicle for their voices to be heard. We must never go back to the old normal, where if we're not careful, they might be seen as out of sight and out of mind. They are very much part of our church family. And I've loved seeing whole families who might well have been more cautious, bringing something live in our normal venues, showcasing their undoubted talents online. These are just some of the fresh aspects of church life that we should continue to embrace, make space for and encourage in the days ahead. However, there is a note of caution that I want to bring today in regard to our spiritual well-being during this time of using the online model, great though that is. It is serving us very well, but it obviously has its limiting factors. So what do I mean by this? Well, by their very nature, these broadcasts have to be recorded in advance. Those taking part are given a brief and some timings to follow, and then we have to record what we've done. And that is definitely more challenging for some of us. And I totally get the fact that it has to be like this with deadlines, structure and timings. That's what needs to be done to produce the finished article that you and I are watching today. But of course, in achieving this end result, there is a danger that we may have lost the spontaneity and freedom that we would have experienced in our live Sunday services before lockdown happened. And I recognise that it's far easier when we were in those settings to operate freely in the gifts of the Holy Spirit referred to in 1 Corinthians 12. And we're going to touch on those a little later on. And whilst we adjust to new ways of doing things, we must ensure we do not abandon or leave God's Holy Spirit to one side. And if you were to ask me, what are you missing most in church life at present? My answer would be, I'm missing a Holy Spirit adventure. Things are too predictable. They're too structured. And because of our reliance on Zoom and this type of online broadcast, we are just being too safe. It's the adventure of church life that always grips me. It's those suddenly moments when God breaks in or speaks to us by his Holy Spirit. It's those suddenly moments, the I'm not too sure what's going to happen next moments. And there have been many of those times in quads and more latterly in Tower View. It's those unexpected breakthrough moments when one word from God sets the prisoner free. It's those messy church moments when God, by his Holy Spirit, breaks in and forever changes us. It's those moments when one of us has the boldness to bring God's appointed and anointed word 
and many are healed. In the past, there's been times when we would have ripped up the run sheet, as our friend Jared Cooper would say, and just allow the Holy Spirit free reign in our midst. At times like that, we've thrown out the structure because God, by his Spirit, was resting heavily on our meetings. And I almost feel a sense of grief at present. I feel like we've lost a dear friend for a time. It's like a drought, but even in a drought, the rain always falls again. But I do recognise that in sharing my feelings, that some of you might not be feeling that way at all. And I totally respect that. But I believe that God calls us to be on an adventure with him. So come back with me to AD 30 for a second and listen to the start of a real white knuckle ride. Just before going to be seated at his father's right hand, Jesus had this to say to his disciples in Acts chapter 1 verse 4. He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. In a few days, you will be baptised with my Holy Spirit. Ten days later, we get these following verses. And can I suggest that this is something of the excitement and adventure I think we may have temporarily lost. Acts 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, there's that word. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came in from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with God's Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This word suddenly is mentioned 10 times in the book of Acts, the book that records the birth and rapid expansion of the early church. Well, what was it like being a believer at that time? Just imagine for a moment. It was the heady days of anything can and probably will happen. 3,000 added to the church in just one day. Miracles were commonplace and days when these God-fearing Jews from every nation described in verse 5 were amazed at the outpouring of God's Holy Spirit. The book of Acts lays out the template in regard to what a New Testament church should look like and what values it should exhibit. And it was birthed by a move of God's Holy Spirit. Can I ask, have we lost something of that wonder, of that anticipation, of that freshness? But there's even more. Let's just go back to the verses in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7 we spoke about earlier and remind ourselves of those gifts in that passage. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit as he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. When I read through that list, 
I get so excited. These are God's gifts for the church right now, right here. And Paul encourages us in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, to follow the ways of love and eagerly desire those spiritual gifts. He goes on to say in chapter 14, verse 6, those gifts are for the strengthening of his church. And can I suggest that we need that strengthening right now in these very challenging times? Then, some seven years after writing to the church in Corinth, Paul writes to Timothy specifically about one of those gifts we referred to earlier. And he says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. 2 Timothy 1 verse 6. Even Timothy needed reminding in this instance to fan into flame the gift of prophecy. And can I speak to those watching who have embers of gifts once used? Can I encourage you to fan into flame those gifts, whether that's in your life groups, for an online broadcast, or in your private prayer time? And I want to say to those with a prophetic gifting in Jubilee and Burton Family Church, do not let man-made restrictions impede the flow of God's Holy Spirit. We need to hear what God is saying to his church more than ever. It was so refreshing in last week's broadcast that Sarah was bold enough to bring that prophetic word. And let me just read a small portion of that. God wants to give us a fresh touch of his spirit. Don't wait until we're back meeting together physically to experience him today. Can I echo that? So what about those who operate or would like to operate in the other gifts we've just read about? I believe that the body of Christ does not actually function correctly until all of us are using these gifts. But in bringing these spiritual gifts to the church, there is perhaps a sober reminder to check our motives in doing so. So are we pursuing the person of God more than these gifts of God? We are told to eagerly pursue the gifts, but we need to pursue the giver more. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind. That is the greatest commandment. Can I ask, do you want a spiritual gift because you want a spiritual gift? Or do you want a spiritual gift because you love the body of Christ? This is a huge question. Do you look around the church and think, I love these folk. Is there a way I can bless them? I really want to impart something to them. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7 says, Now to each one has been given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. We want to be known for our love for one another. And Jesus said, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. John 13, 34 and 35. Is this in the DNA of our churches, lovers of God and lovers of one another? Now, let me quantify those two earlier questions by saying this. I understand that there can be a danger because we can get excited when someone brings a word of prophecy 
yet can be passive when someone brings a word of scripture which is spirit and life to our souls. You see, I think from a word perspective in the church, we're very good at the practical application. We have some very gifted preachers with different styles and callings. We make space to give the word its rightful prominence in these broadcasts and in our midweek groups via Zoom. And I believe the word of God is the foundational building block of church life. And it's so very important that we get the balance between the preaching and teaching of God's words and the work of our Holy Spirit in our churches. Are we currently a church of the word and the spirit or are we neglecting one facet? What do you think? But for the visitors amongst us today, those of you who may be looking in for the first time, or you may have been with us just for a few weeks and you may be wondering, is this adventure for me? You may become very familiar with our style of broadcasted service. It's maybe all you will have experienced of church life. But I want to tell you that there is so much more that God wants to do in your life. There is so much more of God that up until now, you may not have experienced. As for me, I've been a Christian for many years, but that sense of adventure never goes away. But rather, there are times when I need to step outside of my comfort zone to experience it again. And if you want to discover more about what this voyage of discovery might be like for you, how about clicking on the live prayer button at the bottom of your screen and one of our hosts will talk things through with you. In closing, what are some of the practical steps we might need to take as churches to maintain the balance of word and spirit? When we finally come out of lockdown, and that may indeed be some months away, we must ensure that we haven't become so conditioned by these new technical ways of doing church that we've forgotten the freedoms we had in our live services. And my, my encouragement would be to all of us of every age is that we stir up the spiritual gifts. We make space for them. We release them in the midst. Be expectant, make space in your midweek groups. As you prepare the worship and preach for this online meeting, think what might the Holy Spirit want to bring to the church today? If you believe God has given you a prophecy, a picture, a word of wisdom, etc., please contact the tech team by email early in the week. Let's see if we can fit that in. And if you prepare to encourage the youth and young people on a Zoom meeting, remember the adventure you could be taking them on. As you meet up with friends and family, be reminded of the suddenly moments we read about in Acts. In your corporate and family prayer times, be still and know that he is God. Wait patiently and see what he might do. Can I end by just praying? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of his Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you so much for watching and have a blessed week. website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along
on any Sunday morning.